So we come to the end of our series, Making Room for Life, and we've been trying to reflect upon how work is important. God gave us work as a gift. God gave us work as something that we should enjoy. And oftentimes we don't enjoy it because we, we overwork. Um, and we're talking about a couple of things, why we might not enjoy it, but, but God wants us to enjoy it. But God also wants us to be balanced in our life and, and not to just uh, think about work too much. Reminds me of a story of a, of a man. Every day he would come home and he would have work in his briefcase. And he thought, well, you know, because I'm coming home and being with my family, you know, even though I'm doing work, it's still good I'm here with my family. One night his son, his young son, said to, to his mom, he said, Mommy, why does Daddy bring home work every day? The mom looked at him and he said, well, um, he doesn't get it all done at work. And the boy thought about this and very sweetly and sincerely said, well, can't they put daddy in a slower class? <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that the way it is? I mean, we bring home work every day and then our kid's like, why is daddy still working, right? Why is that still going on? We talked about the importance of having balance in our life. That work is important, but rest is important too. God designed us to be, um, have those times of rest. And sleep is important. God designed us to have a certain amount of sleep. And, and each one of us should know approximately what is a good time frame for our sleep. And we need to make sure we're, we're diligent in trying to get that sleep each day to, to keep our bodies healthy and, and rested. And that relationships are important, that God wants us to be in deep, meaningful relationships, and we need to make sure that we're making time for that. And that play is important. God made us to, to enjoy one another and to laugh and to smile and to have fun. We are created in that, and we need to make sure we, we are intentional about, about having time of play. See, there's always work to be done. Always work to be done. But too much work negatively affects our lives and puts our life out of balance. And not only does it affect our lives, but it impacts the lives of those around us, like that, that father with his little son. So this morning, we're going to look at some practical lessons on how to be more productive in life, how to use our time wisely, how to be effective with the time that God has for us. And so what I want you to think for a moment is, as we've been talking about this series, we've, I've tried to challenge you to think of, of life maybe in, in two segments, right? You can hold one in each hand. 12 hours in, in your right hand and 12 hours in your left hand. And in your right hand, that 12 hours is to be for work and for productive, productive time, right? So you have this 12 hours of work and productivity in this hand. And then the other hand, you have the other 50% of your day. And that other hand is supposed to be for, for your rest and for your play and for your deep relationships, right? And for laughter and for fun and for meaningful time with family and friends. And so you think, wow, 12 hours, 50% of my day for work and productivity, and 50% of my time, 12 hours for the other important aspects of my life. See, remember, we're trying to make the most of our life, and so now we need to prioritize what should be important. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6.33, and read the yellow with me, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, oftentimes the reason why we're unbalanced 
is because we're not seeking the things of God first. We're not thinking, what does God have me to do? What does God want me to do with my time? We're thinking about the other pressures that others put on us, right? The pressures that work put on us, the workload. Here, you need to do all this, right? And so that becomes our focus, and, and we become unbalanced because we're not seeking first the kingdom of God and what God has for us. See, some things are just not that important to do. There, there definitely are things that are more important to do than not. Now, here's a, a, a great statement. Effective goal setting doesn't end with the establishing of a goal. Right? We establish a goal. We think, oh, this is great. I have a goal. I'm going to shoot for this goal. And then oftentimes, that's where we stop. But also includes the logical steps necessary to accomplish the goal. Right? So often, we don't allow for ourselves to have specific steps of how we're going to reach the goal. And so because we don't have those specific steps outlined, we, we, we set the goal before us, but then we don't get to it. Right? The, probably the, most, uh, the best example of that is every, at the beginning of every year, people will say, oh, I'm going to lose weight, right? And how often do people lose track of that goal within weeks, if not days, right? because they don't have a specific plan or they don't stick to that specific plan of, of achieving that goal. Someone once said, the journey of a million miles begins with one step, right? Sometimes things so big to us, right, or so hard, and so we start to try to lose that weight and we lose a pound and then we lose two pounds, but then we gain three back, right? Oh my gosh, and then we do it again and we do this two or three times and then we just like forget it, it's too difficult. But we have to take step by step by step. And if we do that, if we take one step at a time, we can actually achieve a million miles, right? It just takes one step at a time. And we have to have that in front of us and keep that in front of us. And so to do this, oh, one way you can do it is just to have a to-do list. You can have something fancy like this. You can maybe have a journal or you know, a, a daily planner. Or you can be more simple, right? Have a three by five card. You know what I do? I just have scratch pieces of paper. I hate to waste paper. You can ask my family. They know this, right? So if I have a piece of paper and there's like half a sheet left, I'll tear it into like eight little pieces. And I'll save it for my to-do list every day. Right? And the first thing I do when I come to work is I pull out my little piece of paper and I start writing down the things I need to do for the day. Now, I also have in my phone, I have a calendar. And so that's where I get the things on my to-do list. But it's nice to have it visible for me. I like to have it visible. And the reason why it's visible is because so often we can get off track, can't we? And so I encourage you, when you write a to-do list, try to write it by priority, right? Or either you can write it all down and then you can prioritize it later, right? By one, two, three, right? And maybe even put by it, sometimes I'll even put by it about how long I think it's going to take me. This will take me a half an hour, this will take me an hour, this will take me a couple hours, right? And then you put it in order, and you have a priority to-do list. And what that is good for is that oftentimes we can get off track during the day, can't we? We can get off track. We can get unfocused. And then we look at that list, and we say, oh, yeah, I haven't finished the, my top priority yet. I need to get back to that. And it continually pulls you back to what is important and what you need to be doing. Be careful not to just dismiss this strategy, because it really is. A good strategy. Many, many successful people 
use this kind of, I mean, you can have your own system, however system you want, but have something where you have some kind of priorities set up for your day so that you can make sure you get it done. Um, on Mondays, I write my sermon. To me, one of the most important things I do in my job is the sermon. I know it's something that God has called me to do, the church has called me to do. It's an important part of our, of our worship. It's an important part of our lives. Uh, the sermon that is preached, God's word that is shared, it's important. So that's one of the first things I want to do in the day. And so I'll come in and I'll close my door. And I'm thankful for Jules that she's out there answering phones, dealing with people, you know, keeping me safe, right, <laughs> in my secluded office as I'm focusing. It's the only time, really, that I close my door because I want to be focused on doing my, my sermon. Because I know that once I have my sermon done on Mondays, I have the rest of the week to, to look it over, to learn it, to edit it, for God to give me maybe little things to add to it, to make it uh, what I feel like God is wanting me to say on Sunday morning. But I have that isolated time that I set aside, and I know that, that Jules is there watching my door and keeping me so that I can be focused and she's like, what are you saying? Talking about writing my sermons on, on Mondays. And it's the only time I close my door when I write my sermons. And waiting, that's right. For me to pull it out and say, here it is, it's written. Can you, can you shrink it down to this size? <laughs> so it's, it's good to have her doing that. You know, I've known that some ministers, I talk to ministers, some ministers don't write their sermon until Saturday night. And I've even talked to some that write it Sunday morning. They get up early on Sunday morning. To me, not only I feel like that's irresponsible, but it doesn't really allow the Holy Spirit to really speak to them. I mean, it's just like, what a stressful time. I couldn't imagine being up at like 5 in the morning trying to write a sermon that I have to give at 10.30 or whatever. How stressful that would be. So I want to be productive in that way, and so I write that as the most important priority of my, my day. And then the rest of the week, I can focus on, on all these other things and not be constantly thinking about that. When we write a to-do list, we are good stewards of God's time because we're setting aside this time for this and this time for this and this time for this. As we read, uh, Kelly read for us, uh, read the yellow for me, uh, with me when we get to it. Paul, again, he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul has these goals. He knows these goals are from the Lord. He has these goals, and he doesn't let that what happened in the past drag him down. He keeps his eyes focused forward on what God has for him in the future. And that is very helpful, because sometimes we allow our past to drag us down and keep us from looking, from moving forward in what God has for us. But the second thing uh, that is important in productivity is the thinking about our giftedness. It's been one, it was once said that even the most gifted of people only have four productive hours a day. Now, I don't know how they figured that out exactly, and I don't know if I agree with exactly that four-hour figure, but I do agree with the fact that there is a certain amount of time in our day when we are most effective, right? If you try to read for too long a time, you start to just come unfocused, and you can't understand as well what you're reading. If you're trying to work hard and you're working, working, you know, most uh, companies, right, every two hours you have to have a break, after four hours have a lunch, and so forth. 
that breaks, they've discovered that breaks are important, that you have those break times and that rest time. And so we need to think out that there's a certain amount of time in our day that we are most productive. And we need to try to say, okay, I'm going to be productive in that time. Now, what, there's actually two challenges that this is cause, causes. The first is, because there are areas of my job in life where I'm not gifted, time flows toward my weaknesses. So maybe you found this in your life, right? You're working and you're working and, and the things that you're not good at takes you a really long time. It takes you a lot longer than the things that you're good at. And you don't enjoy it more, so you're not as focused maybe. And so you put more time towards that. And sometimes you waste time doing the things that you're not as good at. Or another thing that happens is the other side. My time flows towards where I'm most gifted, because, but because my job life includes more than this, right? We have things in our job in our life where maybe we're not as gifted. I'm constantly falling behind and getting stressed out. And so we have these challenges to say, what do I do when I'm not always productive? And so here's a couple suggestions to this problem. As much as possible, define your day and your job around those areas where you are gifted. Because when you do that, not only are you going to bless yourself, right? You're going to feel empowered in your job. You're going to be excited about your job because you're doing those things that you're passionate about, that you're gifted, and that God has really blessed you towards, right? Because remember, read the yellow with me, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them, right? In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, Paul tells us, we are all gifted. We all have giftedness. We all have areas of gifted. So if we can do as much as we can do in that area of giftedness, then we will be blessed because we're enjoying that time. But our company will be blessed because we are doing that which we are best at. And so you sit down, hopefully, with your boss. And, and, and this doesn't always work, I know, because maybe you don't have companies and bosses that always work with you in this way. Or maybe you, know, you start to seek a job that fits mostly as, at most with your gifted areas, right? Instead of saying, I want to make thousands and thousands of dollars, maybe we say, I'd rather be in a job where I'm happy and where I'm passionate and I'm really doing great things than in a job where I'm making tons of money and where I'm not happy. I had a friend who was offered um, a promotion and she took it and then she realized, because you know, in, in companies a lot of time you, you, you keep moving up, right? And then she had this job. She was a manager, and she's like, you know, I don't enjoy this. I'm not doing what I enjoy. I'm not doing where I'm gifted. I, 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 I don't like this. And so she actually went back to the other job she was in, and all her coworkers looked at her like, what are you doing? That's crazy. You don't do that in work. You're always moving forward. You don't go back or down in status, right? She said, no, I'd rather be in a job where my, my gifted areas are, are being used and I'm enjoying it than being in a job just because I make more money and I have a higher status. We need to make sure that we're trying to do that. Now, if you are um, retired, maybe you and your spouse sit down and you say, okay, what, uh, what should we do in our home? What should we do with our time? What should we do with our life that will be most effective in our life, in those areas where we're most effective? Like, I know that when I retire, I won't be doing home repair. Just let me get that out right now, okay? And Tammy will shake her head like, that's right. He won't be doing home repair. Right? I mean, minor things, right? Like, you know, putting a new plate on the, um, the switch, right? I can do that. Right? Plunging a toilet if you get it stuffed up, right? But I won't be doing major repair. Why? Because that's not my gifted area. 
And, and I won't be enjoying that. I don't want to think of doing that in my retirement time. You know, call someone in to do it, right? Someone else can do it, and I'll pay them to do it, right? I'd more than rather pay them to do it than my, do it myself. There's another aspect of the three principles that work here. Seek to work the greatest portion of your day within your area of giftedness. It really will bless you and those around you in your work if you can do that. Secondly, mutually agree on your goals with your supervisor or if retired with your spouse. You know, once you have these goals that these are the things I want to do, it really, really helps. Third, what you seek to accomplish each day should be able to be achieved in four hours or that concentrated time that you say, this is the time when I can be most effective. So three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon or whatever, these are the areas of most effect. Maybe you're morning people and you say, I'm going to get my work done in the morning because I'm most effective in that. Or some people are like, no, nine to midnight, I'm, that's when I'm best, right? So that's when I'm going to do my work. Right? And you have these times in your schedule when you know you're most effective. You may know the movie Chariots of Fire. This movie is about two men uh, in the 1924 Olympics who both ran and won gold medals. One was Harold Abrahams and the other was Eric Little. Uh, Harold Abrahams ran and won a gold medal in the 100 meter race and Eric Little ran and won a gold medal in the 400-meter race. But they ran for different reasons. Harold Abrahams ran for his own glory. He wanted to prove to himself and to the world that he was as good as anyone. That's why he ran. That was his motivation. But Eric Little, he ran for God's glory. He ran to give glory and honor to God. And the, word, the words that he would say is, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. What is it when you do something, you feel God's pleasure? What is that in your life? It was interesting, uh, when we came home on Friday, uh, Thursday night, uh, Che was here picking up Christian, and she's like, you guys are so energetic, aren't you tired? We're like, yeah, we're tired, but we're so moved by the ministry we had in Mexico, by the lives we touched. It was so impactful that we we're filled with the Spirit of God, the joy of the Lord. And so... When I do this, I feel God's pleasure. What is it that you do that you could say, when I do this, I feel God's pleasure? You should do that more and more in your life. Figure out those things in your life. When I do this, I feel God's pleasure. What he said here really talks about uh, um, positional identity. That's the phrase, positional identity. What this means is that when a person believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior, and as their Lord, then they understand that they have a new position in life. And that position is being a child of God. John 1.12, Jesus says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, actually John is saying this, he gave the right to become children of God. All believed, received Jesus, and believed in his name, they became children of God. See, we need to understand at the base of all things, our positional identity, our identity is in Christ. It is not about what we do. It is about who we are in Christ. And nothing can take that away. Once we are children of God, we are children of God. See, if you try to have your work fulfill you and sustain you, if you try to have your, your relationships fulfill you and sustain you, you will find that they, they come up short. And maybe you'll, you'll experience some loneliness or depression or frustration, right? Because it just doesn't f 
fulfill you. You try to say, who, who are you? Well, I'm a president of a company. But that's not going to sustain you. A much better answer is, who are you? I'm a child of Christ. I'm a child of the Lord. And there's nothing that can take that away from you. That is your position. That is your standing. That is your status. And nothing can do. It's not about what you do. It's about what Christ has done for you. And you receive that from Christ. And you are a child of God. And that keeps you founded in all other things that you do. So that when you begin to set goals, now you set goals with that in mind. That I am a child of God. And I need to honor God with my life. And that's what is important in my life. And when we keep that in mind, we will accomplish more important things in our life. Another area is uh, flexibility. If we're going to be productive, we need to be flexible, right? Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but when I, the one danger about writing a to-do list, if you're like me, is that, you know, maybe Jules comes in and says, can you do this? And you're like, uh, it's not on my list. Right? Sometimes we're so sticklers to our list, right? We put it on our list, it's like, well, that doesn't fit. I have no time for that on my list. We need to be flexible, right? You can't be so strict that you can't allow God to bring other things into your life, right? And all of our lives are different, right? We have widows, we have married with children, we have single, we have college students, high schools. We have all kinds of different people in our congregation. All of our lives are different. You can't look at someone else and say, wow, you have so much time, you're retired, right? I wish I was retired and have that much time. And retired people look at me like, I don't have, I don't have time. I'm busier now than when I was working, right? But we, we try to compare our lives to other people and then we try to say, I need to be productive like that person. No, that's not what it's about. God says, what, is, what does God have for you in your life? How does God want you to be productive? Look at your life and then say, God, let me be flexible for you to bring in those things. I don't want to over plan the things that I think always need to be in. I mean, yeah, we need to plan some, but let God bring some things in your life and be flexible for God to be able to do that. And one way to be flexible, to actually give you more time, is something that's called outsourcing. Outsourcing. You've probably heard that term before. So let me give you an example in our lives when we outsourced one time. So when Tiffany was in kindergarten and Tyler was in second grade, they had different schedules. Tyler went to school at 8.30, Tiffany went to school at 9.30, and Tiffany got out at like 12.50, Tyler got out at 3. And so Tammy was constantly like driving back and forth to school, right? And having to put Tiffany in the car and drive and then having to, all these things, right? And it was really, it took extra gases of all the trips and stuff. And so we found out that our neighbors, went to the same school, had the same schedule, and by their graciousness and kindness, they were willing to, like sometimes I would take Tyler to school on my way to work, it's pretty much on my way to work, oftentimes they would take Tyler to school or bring Tyler home. And because we outsourced it in that way, that allowed Tammy to have a little extra time in her schedule to get things done, like getting Tiffany ready, getting going for the day, and not having to be so stressed and so hectic in the morning. And so we outsourced that, because we had these gracious friends that were willing to do that. Another thing that's uh, not so fun is uh, cleaning the house, right? Not only is it not fun, but it's really time consuming, isn't it, to clean the house? And so sometimes people might say, you know, that's not a type priority in my life, but I don't want a messy house. When I was single, I outsourced. <laughs> 
Not surprising, because when you're a single man, you rarely clean your house, right? So I had one of my junior high girls who wanted to do it. She volunteered. So she would come, her mom would bring her, and they would clean my house while I was able to go out and do things, and I was able to be productive with the things that I felt like were more important for me to be doing than cleaning my house. But I wanted a clean house, right? And then I was able to pay her money. She was able to get a little extra money. And so there's people, you know, college students, high school students, junior high students that would do stuff like that that you can pay them to do it, they benefit from it, and you benefit from it by getting extra time to do those things which you feel are more important in your life. Read this with me, Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. See, God has us, he wants us to be efficient in our time. He wants us to be productive with our time. He wants us to say, This is what you need to be doing. But if you aren't setting your mind on God and the things of God, then you're going to set your your goals are going to be on the things of the world that are not as important, that are not as what God has designed you to do. There's a story of a man who went to his uh, homeowners association meeting, and one of the topics was the trees. Their trees were being eaten by beavers and being destroyed. And so they all at one point voted, okay, yes, we're going to replace the trees because we need new trees and it looks good, and so we're going to go ahead and do that. And the man raised his hand and he said, wouldn't it be more efficient to take care of the beaver problem before you replace the trees? Oh, yeah, maybe, huh? Because if you don't take care of the beaver problem, what's going to happen? You're going to have a tree problem again, aren't you? And how often in our life do we do that? We try to take care of some situation in not the most efficient or best way, right? For us to think about the way we do everything is the most efficient way, I think is is crazy. Not everything we do in our life do we do the most efficient way. So you might want to think through your schedule and say, what can I do more efficiently? What could I outsource? What What can I say, that's not that important, I don't need to be doing that. Or maybe I can delegate that to someone else. That's why you have children, right? To delegate, right? No, I'm just kidding. That's not why you have children. Okay, that. But we delegate and we outsource and we prioritize and we, ref- we figure out what does God want us to do. And then when we do all that, we are not only more productive with our day, but we're doing more important things in life that God will honor and bless. The goal of our life is to be more productive. Why? So that we can use the time that God has given us to be good stewards of this time that God has given us. God has given us 24 hours, right? I've heard a number of times I've heard people say, I wish I had more time in the day. You know what? I almost guarantee you if you had more time in the day, you would fill it with more stuff, whatever, and you would say, 26 hours, that's not enough. I wish I had more time in the day. The answer is not more time in the day. The answer is to be more efficient and productive with the time that God has given you and to set priorities and to do those things that are most important. A lot of times I'll front load my week, meaning that I'll, my Monday schedule will be like 10 things, right? And I do that because I never know exactly how many things I'm going to get done. And maybe I only get five of those done, but then I move those to Tuesday, right? And I keep them in order still, and then maybe I don't get all those done, I move them to Wednesday, and I move them to th- right? So you front load your week, but you only do the things that are most important. And then by Thursday, if I haven't gotten to the ninth and tenth thing, oftentimes it just is gone. I just don't worry about it. 
So as we've gone through this series, let me just kind of reflect here as we close. That we need to have a day of rest each week. Very important. God has designed that, commanded us to do it because he knows how important it is for our lives. That we need to live as stress-free as you can. And one of the ways to do this is to give your burdens to the Lord. To allow others in your life come alongside you and walk alongside you. To support you, right? To work hard. and Enjoy your work. It's good. Work is good. But make room for deep relationships and for the other things that are important. Make sure that you play and laugh and have fun. So often we get to so serious or so down because we're so busy, we don't have time to play and laugh and have fun. And be productive with your time. Be productive with your time. The goal is to think about 12 hours and 12 hours, 12 hours of work and productivity, 12 hours of rest, sleep, relationships, fun. And God really blesses us when we balance our life. But in all, give glory to God and make sure that things we're doing are honoring God. Let's pray.